Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Tuesday, July 13th. Your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is fully immense myself into the offseason. I mean, there are rumors left and right. There's some crazy things happening, uh, and I'm excited. I was ready for this. <laughs> I know. I really didn't think things would ramp up this much this week. I thought everything would go down next week, but uh, here we are. It's already starting. <laughs> To keep up to date on all of the Flyers moves, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked on Flyers. We keep up to date on, like I said, the Flyers, the Phantoms, NHL news, everything that's going on. So uh, make sure you follow us. And if you don't have Twitter, you can also email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. Every Wednesday, we have a mailbag. So if you have any questions, now is the perfect time to get them in. We are your hosts. I'm Danielle. And I'm Rachel. And if you need more hockey news, follow Locked On NHL. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the league. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps each day. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So like I said at the start of the show, we are going to touch on some NHL news and then some potential targets for the Flyers and then wrap up with JVR. Locked On Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are currently listening. So make sure you subscribe to get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Sports Network. So Rachel, let's let's get into some NHL news. And the one that had everybody (laughs) buzzing at like 6 a.m. in the morning was from the Ottawa Senators. And they uh, released a press release saying that the Sens have announced the appointment of Pierre Maguire as Senior Vice President of Player Development. Yes, you heard me right. Pierre Maguire is uh, the new Senior Vice President of Player Development. There were so many jokes on Twitter. It, it was hard to keep up. Well, they made it so easy. That was part of the problem was <laughs> people kept misspeaking, implying that Pierre didn't know anything about hockey. So, you know, you reap what you sow, I guess. But... Yeah, it was surprising for sure. I just, I I mean, I know that Pierre Maguire has like applied for every single hockey position in a front office that there has been these past couple of years. But I just, I never expected a team to hire him. And I just feel so bad for Sens fans because I know this was the last thing they wanted to hear. And of course, one of the big things uh, when he, you know, met with the media was the fact that, I mean, Pierre has been pretty adamant about how he doesn't really rely on stats and analytics and he doesn't really, you know, take those into account. Um, And so just that that in and of itself just adds fuel to the fire of the, you know, analytics side versus the eye test guys and the good old hockey boys. It's never a dull moment on that side of Twitter. No, and, you know, he tried to play it off like, oh, it's not that I don't like analytics. It's that I very strongly believe in scouting and the importance of seeing people play in person. And I was just like rolling my eyes the whole time. And 
you know, going back to the fact that he has applied for a ton of jobs and this is the one that he actually got, it's, it's a little distressing only because, you know, from a senator's fan perspective, it seemed like they were headed mostly in the right mm-hmm. direction. They were making yeah. smart moves. They were being, you know, active, but not going overboard or making horrendous deals and this just seems like a step back. It does. Their prospect pool is probably top three in the league, I want to say. Um, and they, like you said, they've made some aggressive moves, but it was in the right direction. And like, I mean, I'm thinking of when they picked Brady Kachuk where they did and like, you know, passed on uh, Quinn Hughes. And that has worked out splendidly for them so I do agree with you that this is a a weird move and it does seem like it's a step back so moving on we did have a trade that happened uh so at the time of recording it's not completely official but it's um was said to be pending a trade call it sounds like the Hawks Duncan Keith will be headed to Edmonton in exchange for uh, defenseman Caleb Jones and a mid-round pick, uh, a third or fourth round. So, and in this trade, there is, like, the Hawks did not keep any salary, so that is all of his salary is going over to the Oilers in exchange for a young defenseman and a mid-round pick. I have another point to talk about this, but before I get into that, like, what did you think of this trade? Yeah, it just seems like the Oilers are doing Chicago a favor here. And Mm. it was like the return was really good for Chicago and the fact that they're not retaining salary. I mean, if I'm an Oilers fan, I'm upset because you get a really old guy who is clearly like well beyond his peak years And, you know, regardless of how much he contributed to the success of Chicago when they were at their peak, like he's just not that now. And it creates a hole in their defense that they're going to have to figure out how to get somebody who can play more minutes than Duncan Keith can. Just Duncan Keith. I mean, I I will never not say that he wasn't a good defenseman, but I just think where he is now is just not what the Oilers need. So I'm just very surprised that out of all the defensemen that we've talked about that are available, that they would go out and get Duncan Keith. I agree with you that I do think that at the end of the day, I mean, the Blackhawks kind of won this trade and it just seems like the Oilers were just doing them a favor. So carrying over to this, uh, we talk about Seth Jones a ton on this podcast because he's been linked with the Flyers, but that's cooled down like we talked about in yesterday's episode. Um, But it came out that Chicago is also rumored to be interested in Seth Jones, and they did just get Caleb uh, Jones, his brother, and um, it could be the fact that the team's uh, acquiring him to see if that'll entice Seth Jones to commit to an extension there in Chicago. I mean, it could be. It may not be, too. I think it's fun to speculate. Just for me personally, I enjoy when siblings play together. And so I I think that part of it is fun. But I don't think it should be like a reason for other teams to assume they're out of it as far as Seth Jones goes. I mean, obviously, we know what's going on with the Flyers, but I'm sure they're exploring all possible options. Yeah, and I just want to note, like, if I, I hope I said rumored because I didn't want to say it was like confirmed that they were like he would sign there just because he had his brother. It's rumored that that's why Chicago went out and got him. But also, 
Caleb Jones is a is a solid defenseman in his own right. So uh, I do agree with you. I think that, um, you know, I don't think that that's set in stone, um, but I do think that's interesting. So wrapping up with the NHL, uh, Pierre Lebrun tweeted out on Monday that the NHL held a GM's meeting and um, on a separate call uh, talked about like the expansion draft rules. We went into detail about the expansion draft rules and um, or the expansion draft information in yesterday's episode. But one thing that came out of the GM's meeting, a big discussion and a general agreement by the group on wanting to more clearly define the standard for the cross-checking penalty and the discussion will next go to the NHL and NHLPA competition committee, committee which meets today. So um, that's something that they the GMs are looking to uh, clarify, and uh, we'll see if that comes to fruition after uh, today's meeting. Yeah, I'm very curious what they mean by clarification, right? I need clarity on the clarity because, like, what aspect of cross-checking are they looking at? Here and what are they looking to adjust or what problem are they trying to solve? Yeah, that's the big question. In my mind, I don't think it's uh, anything that, that the fans would want clarif- clarified on. Like, I just see the NHL making little changes, not big ones that could actually help players. But we'll see. I have no faith in the NHL, but uh, maybe they might come out with uh, some pretty good adjustments. Who knows? But speaking of adjustments, I have been trying to keep up with my car, Rachel. I mean, we've talked about, uh, you know, working on our cars ourselves this past year. And that's where rockauto.com comes in. Rockauto.com is the best because they have low, consistent prices, the same for everybody. And they don't upcharge you if you are a do-it-yourselfer like me or, um, or you know, giving you extra low prices if you're a mechanic. RockAuto.com is for everybody, and the best part is that you don't even need a membership or an account login. Yeah, I got a new visor for the driver's side of my car, and I'm super excited to install it. And I knew that I was going to the right place because RockAuto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years now. You can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. RockAuto has everything from engine control modules and brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. You can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. So go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com We very recently talked about Vladimir Tarasenko and the fact that he is looking to be moved from the Blues. And so it was in a uh, trade packages article written on The Athletic, um, and the Flyers were on there, and their potential trade package was center Morgan Frost and defenseman Philip Myers. What are your thoughts, Rachel? I know that Tarasenko wasn't necessarily on our list, but I mean, looking at this package, would you give it a go? I mean, that seems like an awfully low price to pay for Tarasenko. It, It just feels like not enough to get the deal done, considering how Phil Myers played this past season. Morgan Frost, we always talk about it. He's kind of a question mark given that injury history and we're not exactly sure, you know, what his potential looks like this upcoming season. But if the Flyers could make that deal, 
I probably wouldn't say no to it just because I think it seems more than fair from the flyer side of things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am a Morgan Frost stan. Uh, I love that kid and I want to see him in a Flyers jersey. But when I saw this, I mean, my first reaction is no, because I don't want to move Morgan Frost because he is that question mark. I, I'd love to see him here um, and actually just to get to see him in the NHL. But I mean, it like you said, it's such a low amount to trade for Tarasenko. I mean, the, we were in here talking about Morgan Frost, Philip Myers, a first uh, this a first this year, a first next year, or something for Seth Jones. He can't help but be a little bit enticed if that's what it takes to get Tarasenko. I mean, I think my no would be a maybe actually. <laughs> it's still a little. I mean, Tarasenko. Definitely would have to know how like healthy he is, how his shoulder is. I mean, we've talked about he had three shoulder surgeries since uh, 2018. So um, that would be my one of my biggest concerns, but not a lot to, to make it happen. Next, it came out from Puck Empire that the Flyers, Kings, Leafs, Canucks, and Bruins have all been linked to Detroit Red Wings' Tyler Bertuzzi. Uh, seeing if he is available and what uh, what would need uh, to be done to get him on their team. Now, Bertuzzi is a left wing, right wing, and he's 26 and he is an RFA right now. Last season, he only played in nine games, but in those nine games, he had five goals, two assists for seven points. In the season before, he played in 71 games and had 21 goals, 27 assists for 48 points. So my question is, is... You know, do you think he's a good fit for Philadelphia? I mean, we've talked about that scoring winger um, or just a scoring forward to add to, uh, to the depth of the, te- of the team. Yeah, I think it's an interesting option. I, You know, it'll depend on what other moves are happening. I think if they end up trading somebody like Travis Konechny away, he might be an interesting replacement option. If, you know, the Flyers lose JVR or Jake Voracek in the expansion draft and are looking for a more inexpensive, not quite replacement, obviously, because Bertuzzi is not as good as those guys, but he would be a fairly inexpensive forward to sign that could probably play middle six minutes. So, you know, I don't hate it, but I think it would have to be just the right circumstances and have like the right spot open yeah I think the you made a ton of good points and I think I I'm in the same mindset of with you my only thing is that I just don't know out of the teams that we listed I don't know if the Flyers can put together the right package and like you said I mean depending on you know who the moves that are made prior to this like this wouldn't be a move that I would make before anything else because in my mind uh a top pairing defenseman is first on the list and then I would go down there I mean we've talked about a ton how like a scoring winger isn't necessarily at the top of the list and I still hold pat to that but I like Tyler Bertuzzi I think he's a fun player to watch on the Red Wings I mean there's not a ton of exciting things on the Red Wings but (laughs) (laughs) recently there have been I I will give them that but uh, he's definitely a player that I always like to watch when um, I do watch Red Wings games so I agree with you. I thought the Travis Konechny comparison was a pretty good one, too. So one last question with this, uh, you know, if the Flyers are in the, you know, in the mindset of trying to get Tyler Pertuzzi, what are you willing to give up for a player like that? I mean, this is against, uh, this is for um, 
you're you're sending a package to Steve Eiserman. So it would be hard not to get fleeced. <laughs> well, I mean, he is an RFA, so you would trade for negotiating rights, I think, unless it's a sign and trade situation. So I'm not sure if it's a sign and trade. I don't know what the salary would be for him, given his injury history. If he's the right fit, given everything else that's going on, and you want to throw the Red Wings like a third round pick for those negotiating rights. I don't hate that. Yeah, I think that's that's a, a really smart pick. I, I I was kind of like, I was thinking whether like give him a, a pick or give him like a low hanging prospect. Definitely not one that, you know, we're high on, but maybe a prospect that we resign that's just not going to be able to get uh, in the lineup or, you know, Maybe like a, I was thinking like maybe a Connor Bunneman or a Carson Turinsky or something like that, just because I know that they're aiming to go. I mean, they need younger NHL players ready for, um, you know, their future. So that's kind of where my mind was at. So, Rachel, not a ton of bets to make in the NHL, but there are so many other sports. I mean, uh, baseball is uh, still going on. So now is the perfect time to bet on any type of sport you're thinking of betting on. And the perfect place to go is to our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. And there's so many sports to choose from right now. There's the NBA Finals. Baseball, golf, soccer, so much stuff. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, which is awesome if you're into shows like The Bachelor or Big Brother. You can get real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. And Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bet, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Rachel, so let's jump into JVR. Now, I definitely wanted to, you know, circle back around and talk about JVR because of the news that, you know, we talked about it before. Jake Voracek might not be with the team any longer, especially at the start of this next season. So that definitely makes me start looking at JVR. I want to ask a few questions, but let's look at his uh, past season. The 2021 season, he had, or he played in 56 games and had 17 goals, 26 assists for 43 points in those games. His Corsi 4 5-on-5 percentage was at 53.31, and he still has two years left in his uh, contract, and that's $7 million cap hit per year now compared to his 2019 2020 season you know when you look at the numbers which pierre mcguire don't listen don't listen <laughs> if you look at the numbers oh my uh, god <laughs> jbr actually performed better in 2019 2020 um his goals per 60 uh, in 2019 2020 was at 1.14 and his points per 60 was at 2.26 whereas for the 2020-2021 season for goals per 60s he was at 0.57 and points per 60 he was at 2.11 so I mean besides the goals it's not a huge drop off but I mean it just seemed like when you're watching JVR he just had a better season yeah it's interesting I was trying to think about that because I was looking at those numbers and you know you're right that he's just been 
like consistently good overall. It's there's two things I think. Number one, he's streaky. So when you look at all the numbers together, it's you don't really see the nuance of when he has like the peaks and valleys over the course of the season. But also the Flyers overall were not good. And so his playing well stood out a lot more (laughs) this past year. That is a really good point, because I was going to ask you, why do you think it felt like JVR had a better season? And I definitely agree with you that it was like, you know, not a lot of people were having a good season. So when JVR was playing well, he it it stood out. But I also uh, would like to say, I think that him paired with um, Joel Farabee, who another player who had a really good season uh, this past season, they just looked unstoppable. Another thing I would say is that the power play points, I mean, JVR was just, he definitely had an uptick in power play points and he just looked like exactly the player that he, he used to be. Like, I mean, he was tipping pucks and he was right in front of the goalie and scoring consistently. Yeah, that's a a really good point too. In the line with Joel Farabee, I think they were a really good combination. So that also made him stand out given that Farabee had a really good season as well. And, you know, JVR, I think had the most power play points on the team I believe this so, season. Yeah. I think that was super helpful in terms of having him stand out or, or one of the reasons why he did stand out more, because again, the power play did not look great most of the season. So JVR contributing as much as he did kind of made him like, look like he was maybe having a stronger season. So let me ask you JVR's season. I mean, do you feel like this is something that he can repeat uh, going into next season? You know, I think so. I think he's maintained a certain degree of consistency over his career. And I know he is getting older, but I think he he also is one of those guys that just has that work ethic mm-hmm. that he's going to put himself in the best position to succeed no matter where he is in the lineup. And he has his bread and butter things that work for him. You know, his net front presence is really good. And he was doing a really good job when they were trying to use the power play system with somebody behind the net as well. Yeah, I think that that was super successful. And so he knows what works for him and what doesn't. And he's going to get the most out of his own play. I think that's fair. Yeah, I agree with you. I could see it definitely happening. So with Voracek, if he is moved, do you see, I mean, do you see any way of Chuck Fletcher maybe, you know, moving JVR as well? Or do you think that he'll start uh, the season on the Flyers? Obviously, it'll depend on what other moves get made as well. Because it seems like the approach here is we want to make significant moves that are going to help the team, but we're not tearing it apart. And JVR is part of the leadership group of this team. And so if Jake Voracek is gone... And you have Couturier and Giroux and I guess Kevin Hayes as part of the quote unquote older leadership group, although Kevin Hayes is a little bit younger. You know, I think that JVR is part of that leadership core and he may want to keep him around in order to have that group still be the core of the team. Yeah, you know, you brought up a really good point that I, I think I'm in the same mind set as where you know the flyers they don't want to blow everything up but they definitely want to try to 
you know, make this team better. So I don't see them moving both Jake and JVR. So I, th- I think it's probably one or the other. And if Warcheck is the one that is moved, um, I could see JVR staying here um, for all the reasons that you said, just because he is such a, uh, an important part of the, the leadership group on the ice and behind the scenes. I mean, how many times have we talked about him? We're like, oh, the, who's the Flyers rep for this? It's JVR. Who's <laughs> the Flyers rep for this? It's JVR. And I mean, I don't want to say that's the only reason why he's here because it's definitely not. But I do think that, you know, that plays a role. So with that said, where should he fit in the lineup next season? Again, knowing what this lineup is going to look like next season is such a crapshoot that it's kind of hard to say. But it would be interesting to me to see him on a line with Wade Allison. I think they might complement each other well. That's interesting. I would like to see that. I definitely would like to see that. I think for myself, I'd say I would prefer JVR in the top six just because I think, you know, getting giving him a boost um, in line mate at the start of the season, I think will do well for him. I think in the 2020 or the 2019 2020 season, he started off the season um, pretty slow, whereas in 2020 2021, uh, he started off pretty hot. And I, I don't know if that necessarily had to do with his line mates, but I don't think it it, it would hurt to put him uh, with other players that he's comfortable with. I'm thinking of um, Farabee as a line mate. Um, so I, I don't know how that would shake out just depending on um, what what the roster looks like. But in my mind, I think I would start him off in the top six. So speaking of JVR's hot start, for the Flyers fun thing, of course I had to make it JVR-centric because we just talked about him. And so this was the start of the season. It's all JVR's goals and assists. And I forgot, he was like truly on fire in the start of the season. I mean, and I think I forgot about it because of my despair, (laughs) like going through that season. I didn't think anybody was really that amazing. But from the start, JVR had a very, very strong season at the beginning of the season I think seven goals and 11 assists in the first I believe eight or nine games so he was definitely on a roll hopefully this will give uh you know some good vibes at the start of next season yeah as long as those good vibes aren't in Seattle (laughs) that's very true so with that guys thank you so much for listening to today's show We'll be back again tomorrow, of course, with our mailbag. And now is the perfect time. If you have any questions about the Flyers, the fandoms, JVR, anything at all, send us in your questions via Twitter at LockedOnFlyers or LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Danielle. You can find me on Twitter at Danielle underscore Nick. That's Danielle underscore N-I-C-C. And I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at R-Miriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. Thanks again for listening and have a great day. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help from our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.